This episode is brought to you by SoftLayer, an IBM company. If you're an entrepreneur, SoftLayer has created an incredible program just for you. It's called Catalyst. Catalyst offers amazing perks to you and your company, including credits to use their servers, mentorship, connections, and marketing support. To find out more, visit softlayer.com slash catalyst. Again, that's softlayer.com slash catalyst to find out more about this amazing program. This week will be our last episode of season one. 40 episodes is a good season, right? We'll be on a short hiatus, but in the meantime, go back through and listen to some older episodes. On this episode, we discuss work-life balance. Is it a myth? And how you should be thinking about it. You also may have seen Draw Attention, the company that's helping you attach whiteboards directly to your laptop on Product Hunt. Well, this week, we also caught up with Kyle Taylor, startup advocate in Denton, Texas, and founder of Draw Attention. We'd also like to announce and congratulate Paul and Stephanie Jarrett. They are expecting. Little Hilo Jarrett will be joining us on the podcast in late May or early June, so you can expect him to be guest hosting along with Paul quite often. All this and more on this episode of Inside Outside. Running a startup is hard. Running one outside the valley is even harder. Inside Outside is a podcast for inside access to startups outside the valley. Each week, we'll bring you real insights, raw stories, and tactical advice from founders and startup teams around the country. Let's get started. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Inside Outside. You're looking to startups outside Silicon Valley. My name is Matt Boyd. I'm Brian Ardinger. My name is Paul Jarrett. How's it going this week, fellas? Good week? It's a new year. It is a new year. 2016 is it. First episode of 2016. I'm pretty oh. pumped about that. Holy shit. Technically, <laughs> technically <laughs> this will come out after New Year's Eve. You sound super excited, my boy. I am super excited. Super <laughs> duper excited. I put the duper in there. Put the duper next that to just, the put the duper next to the super. Yeah, that just shows it how it takes a little longer. I, it's a little yeah. longer hashtag with that, but that, you know. 20, 2016, it, it, that's, I don't know, it's that thing where, like, when once you start writing it and typing it in, it just kind of blows your mind, right? I, mean, I remember started. when it was, like, just 20, you know, zero, zero. <laughs> right, right. 2000. <laughs> Dude, and now it, it all got, of a sudden, there's 16 more of those. Man, it, it, it goes so fast. Like, just do, you might as well do something big. I mean, it's, it's that's, like, that's it. boom, it's over. So fast. Let's just call this. Let's just call this episode done. End it on there. <laughs> done. <laughs> get back to work. Speaking of this, so speaking of this episode, <laughs> what is the topic we are discussing today? Yeah. So today we're talking about work-life balance, uh, keeping your sanity, not losing your cool, kind of all of that stuff. Whenever you're doing a startup, I mean, it's easy to, uh, you know, kind of get in that mode of, you know, basically uh, not really, you know, working overworking or. Uh, putting yourself at, at, in harm's way because you're you're working too much, or uh, you know you're not working enough. Maybe that's a, the the opposite of that. So, what is that kind of balance, or is there a work life balance? Some people I'm say curious to, I'm curious to kick things off. Like, what do you guys do specifically to um, stay sane during you know you know you know you're gonna have a four to six week stretch where it's just crazy, which is um, um, coming up for myself. So I'm curious, like, what do you guys do specifically to kind of maintain? I, I, I hate when people say work-life balance. I don't know why. I just, 
I, I think it's yeah. like make believe or maybe because it, it's just different for everybody. It's not cookie cutter for everybody. But I'm curious what you guys do specifically to um, keep your sanity during crazy stretches of busyness. Well, per- personally, I think that work life balance is kind of a term, uh, you know, created by people who hate working. So that they, uh, you know, work life balance, you know, that, that term is thrown around, but, but in reality, it's, it's meant to kind of put things in perspective and truly make sure that, uh, you're working within a healthy kind of, you know, boundary if that isn't even a thing. But I think for me, if I'm doing work that I truly, truly love, um, you know, then, then I'm kind of filling the gaps. Like I, I'm working, you know, whenever I can get time because I'm passionate about what I'm doing. So it doesn't even feel like work. And I think that's, that's probably the balance that, you know, you need to find moreover. It's not really a time management situation for me, but it's more just finding the work that I love doing. And so focus on what, sorry. So focus on things that you love doing. I think that's definitely yeah. helpful. I think the other thing is it depends on where you're at, um, like relationships wise. I mean, if you're a single founder with not a lot of responsibilities and that you have a, a different flow and a different rhythm than if you have a spouse or kids or, or a significant other or something like that, that I think that does change the dynamics a little bit and you've got to um, change your workflow a little bit or at least the communication around that um, t- to make adjustments occasionally. Um, I, I think when you, I think it's both a positive and negative. So sometimes when you have a lot of extra responsibilities, family wise or whatever, um, it's a positive from the standpoint, I think it focuses you a little bit more and focuses you to have priority priorities and to prioritize a little bit more effectively than you would if you're, you know, just a single guy and trying to figure it out. And like you have a little bit more or flex girl. time. Uh, yeah. More flex time to, to do what you're doing. Um, as soon as you add another partner into that mix, um, it changes the dynamics and I think you have to right. be a little bit more focused about your priorities. Right. I am. Um, um, I guess I, I lost my, I, I was going to kind of <clears throat> go back to what Matt said. And, and I think even when you try to focus on the things that you love, a lot of times, I mean, there's plenty of times when you have to do things um, that you <laughs> totally despise doing. Right. Um, cause I'm sure a lot of people here in that are like, Oh, it's easy. There's a misperception maybe of like, Oh, if you're the founder, like you get to focus on what you love and focus on product. And I can promise you <laughs> that is not the case. There are so many things <laughs> that I thought that I would never have to do that I have to do that are just absolute soul sucking drain. And, and I think also, you know, anytime a, a company is kind of growing and scaling up, like the, the building and the, the front end, I mean, that's really fun and exciting. But when you start to scale and you have to put processes in place, um, mm-hmm. a lot of people have to get used to kind of doing the repetitive thing over. And we always say at Bully Box, well, like that's why you receive a paycheck. Like it sounds so simple, but, right. you know, too many times people complain about, oh, I have to do this thing over and over. And it's like, well, yeah, that's why, that's why you get paid. Um, so I think, you know, too many times, it sounds nice to say I'm going to focus on just what I love, but in reality, a lot of times you have to do a lot of things that are not fun. <coughs> fundraising, <coughs> fundraising. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say I'll tell you. Over the last, I mean, it's been about four years now, which is insane since we started Blue Box, and I feel like I've kind of been on all different sides of you know putting in insane amount of work and, and then trying to find that quote unquote balance. And I remember one time I 
read, um, you know, that business pornography material like ink.com, all those articles <laughs> that tell you exactly what you want to hear for the love of God. Will people quit believing everything they read online? Uh, but the, the business porn was, um, Oh my, there was some founder and it was like the first half of my day I do this. And then the second half I do this. And then Tuesdays I do this the first half, like it was perfectly cut up into like what parts of the business they focused on. And that was like, that was like the hardest week of work in my entire life, like trying to break it up like that. And I think personally what I've found, um, is, and, and it sounds so simple, but it's actually really difficult is kind of listening to yourself, like listening to what you're the same way when you work out, you kind of, as you get older, you need to listen to your body, you know, do your knees hurt? Does a certain workout not feel right? You know, kind of the, the no pain, no gain mentality is a thing of the past when it comes to working out. And I think that's a little bit, the, the can be applied somewhat to your, um, working as well. I'm like trying not to say work-life balance, damn it. (laughs) But that same kind (laughs) of mentality can be, um, applied. You know, you can only make so many decisions per day. You can only make X amount of stressful, um, you know, uh, situations handle so many and you need to listen to yourself and listen to your thoughts and listen to kind of that inner voice. And, you know, when, when you're at that point where you're about to, you know, pop off or make some bad decisions, like it's time to step away. And I think that's something that can probably only be learned over time um, mentally the same way that working out can be physically. I'm happy. I'm happy to say that I thought the first two years I was like, man, I can't keep up this pace and and this is insane. And, you know, how am I ever going to do this? But um, I'm happy to say, like, now that I'm on the other side, it's a bit of the new normal and I'm okay with it. And I'm glad that I do it. Um, the days fly by and I enjoy what I do. It's just, it, it took a long time to adjust to long hours and, and the schedule. So what, what do you think about, uh, let's say you go on a sprint where, you know, you're doing stuff that you do not like to do, um, for a very long period of time. And, and you know, you, you start to feel like you're going insane a little bit. Um, what do you, <laughs> what do you, what do you, you recommend? Yeah. I mean, what do you recommend in those situations? I think from my perspective, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's important to take time off occasionally. Uh, yeah. you know, obviously, Obviously not all the time uh, when you can, when it makes sense for the company and when it makes sense for the business. But um, yeah, I think, I think, you know, unplugging and disconnecting for a short amount of time can actually uh, put your work into, into perspective. It lets you kind of digest a lot of these things and kind of, you know, hash through them in your mind where, you know, whenever you're on the grind, you don't have an opportunity to do that. So, uh, you know, sometimes sitting on the beach and getting a little bit of R and R is really good. Yeah, I think you have to know your rhythm and, and understand if you're not making progress, uh, you know, pushing further faster, uh, but when you know you're not doing good work, work um, can actually make it even worse <laughs> yeah. further down the line. So, you know, being paying attention to some of that stuff and a lot of it, again, I think is a learned hab- habit um, and you've got to go through those and see some cycles and, and see some pattern recognition to, to get to that point. Um, I think the other thing you can do is is focus on, you know, and this is, sounds cliche or whatever, but focus on why you're doing it. Right. Uh, try to get back to that mission of, right. you know, why am I building this? Who am I building it for? Uh, and a lot of times that goes a long way. Um, you know, and include your team in that, you know, get yep. them to, you buy into that. I think uh, a lot of people forget, uh, it's because it's very easy to get tied into the minutiae and everything else of like, why are we doing this? Um, Absolutely. But if you can tie back into that core vision and mission, um, it doesn't make the work any easier or better, but sometimes it, it gives you that extra motivation to make the, you know, make that extra call or, or do that extra thing. I, what are I, some um, reasons? Oh, I was, I was going to add to that. I, um, 
I tend to, when, when I have that stretch that I know, you know, certain things are going to go on and, and I'm not going to enjoy the projects or whatever that I'm doing. Um, I find myself really focusing on what I can control. And again, that sounds simple, but, um, man, if, if you know that it's just going to be a grind for, you know, four, six, eight weeks, if you really start to hyper-focus on the simple things like nutrition and sleep and water and, mm-hmm. um, exercise. I probably exercise more when I have those situations coming up because it's something that I can control and I can feel better. And those things all seem to help. And I also think people need to find somebody that they can um, confide in, right? And somebody that they can talk to and and not complain, but just kind of say, here's what's going on. Because it feels better to kind of talk through somebody with that, but you need to be careful and and not just complain about things and, and not become kind of like a, a brain drain on that person, right? Like kind of give and get and, and be open and trust yeah. that person. And, and, um, I think that's really important for founders. Um, cause it can be a really lonely place if there's nobody to talk to and, and, um, you know, you're working out there on an island all alone. I think you brought up a good point as far as like finding that one or two things that you can control, even if it's, yeah. if it's not related to the business. Yep. Um, just getting a sense of control around something in your life, um, can give you a little bit more balance across the board when you're, you mean, there are definite situations where you're not gonna have control. And um, that that's very disconcerting. So if you can put some things into your mind or, or into your activities that kind of trick your mind and like, hey, I have some control over my life, uh, it sometimes can help. What are what are some reasons why people, uh, you know, would feel like they're overwhelmed? I mean, what are some scenarios that, that startup founders can find themselves in? And, and, and for each one, how do they get themselves out of it? I think it's so early, easy in the early days to feel overwhelmed and out of control because most of the time you're doing things that you haven't done before. <laughs> right, um, right. You know, whether it's, whether it's, you know, I have no idea what I'm tap doing. Into, yeah. Tap into Inter- a new market like or build a new product. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You've got to have some type of front for your employees and investors right. and things along those lines. But, um, but so yeah, most of the time you don't know what you're doing, uh, to a certain, certain degree. You don't have, uh, you know, the level of expertise that you have when you're just working for a company and, and doing your, you know, your ABC job that you want to do. Um, yeah. so I mean, I don't have, you know, again, I don't think there's any easy silver bullet for any of this kind of stuff. It's, it's knowing why you're building things, um, finding the people around you that can support you, um, and, and you know, plugging away at it. It's a grind. Um, yep. but as long as you go in with that knowledge, um, and, and realize that there are going to be times when you're going to hit a wall. Um, just don't let the wall hit back. I think that <laughs> you need to focus that you can focus on the understanding of it's a process and you're going through a process and there's going to be fails and failures and it's going to suck and it's going to be, you know, a grind. And, and, and instead of kind of looking at it as a stressful, um, kind of, uh, anxiety ridden situation, you can kind of look at it like, um, this is just a lot of knowledge coming at me at a very fast amount of time. And that's, that's really kind of where the pain and stress comes, right? When you're kind of doing things that you're not quite sure what you're doing. Um, but rest assured the second, third, fourth, fifth time you do it, you're, you're going to get better at it and it's going to feel better. So you can kind of take some joy in the process of learning. Um, that sounds a little bit crazy, but, um, I think that tends to help a lot. I, I think um, the other thing is reaching out reaching out to folks. Uh, I think it's very easily when you're in that spiral down, like yep. I don't want to show the weakness in that, but that's really when you need to reach out to your mentors or your, or your fellow founders or whatever and say, Hey, I don't really know what I'm doing here. Can you help me out? Yeah. Um, yeah. Or, you know, going to an expert and say, Hey, you know, I'm trying to figure this all out by myself. How do I do this SEO? Well, rather than you trying to figure it out and spending 40 hours of, of Google searches, you yep. know, talk to an expert for an hour, <laughs> pay the money to, you know, yep. find that consultant to help you get over that hurdle faster. Those kind of things. So to summarize this episode, 
what's one thing that you could, you know, give to people to take away whenever they're thinking about uh, how they can find kind of a work-life balance or um, is there a work-life balance? <laughs> did we, did we even clear that, that point up? I, I think, know. Uh, I think it's different for everybody. Um, I tend to, you know, um, I tend to have more of a sprint pace and then kind of, you know, a, a one or two days off. And, and I find that, you know, now after four years, like I at least need one day off out of the week, like just, and not even a full day, just like, you know, a Saturday from 10 AM to 8 PM, you know? Um, but in the early days there was never that, but, um, that pace is totally different than my co-founder who I would argue gets, you know, at least equal to or more than work than I get done. Um, Stephanie is more of the kind of, you know, eight to 6 PM ish, um, just hammers out a ton of work during the day and gets done and, and does other things. And, um, I think understanding your own personality and doing that and, um, focus on what you can control and focus on, you know, it sounds like I said, it sounds dumb and simple, but nutrition and sleep and water and taking care of yourself. And then, um, understanding that, um, that, that kind of stress and, and that little brink of insanity that you might feel after like a really crazy amount of work. Um, it's all just part of the process. And the next time you do it, it'll be easier and it'll be easier after that. And I always find myself repeating this, this statement of this is where normal people stop and most entrepreneurs aren't normal people and you shouldn't be. Um, (laughs) so yeah, there's, you can tell there's a lot of inner dialogue going on on my end. I would say, um, experiment with your own rhythms and, and things, try to, you know, figure out what works for you and what doesn't work for you. And, you know, you can't read it in a book always. And some things that work for some founders might not work for you. Uh, so experiment, be willing to, to do that. Uh, and then I think over communicate with your team, your, your other people in your life and that, um, during, especially during stressful times that, Hey, I'm going through a stressful time right now, or, uh, Hey, we're going into the section, the session where it's, you know, seasonal and I'm going to be working, you know, crazy hours, you know, setting those expectations early on, I think helps, uh, especially on the relationship side. Um, and those are, I guess my two. No, I think, uh, I think those are all amazing points. Uh, Paul, you said something earlier that really kind of struck home with me, which was, um, you know, find somebody, find somebody to talk to. Uh, I think that that's like, if, if for me in my perspective, uh, I think that everything that I've ever, uh, dealt with in a startup can be, uh, you know, brought full circle when I'm, when I'm talking to somebody that I can deeply confide in. So I think that that is, that is the, the, by far the biggest point for me. So, Hey, and if you guys ever need somebody to call, just, just, you know where to find me. I really never thought that it was going to happen to me, uh, doing something like this. This is Kyle Taylor, founder of Draw Attention, a company that makes whiteboard stickers for your laptop. So uh, you and I got connected. I actually saw, I think it was on Product Hunt, uh, the kind of interesting project you were doing, um, which is basically uh, laptop stickers for your uh, for the back of your laptop that also serve and double as whiteboards. So can you talk a little bit about like how this came to be and, and how did you actually create a startup out of uh, just an idea? <laughs> sure. Uh, so I... In my spare time, I, I do a lot of startup evangelizing. So um, I've been a Startup Weekend uh, facilitator for a couple of years now, and, and I used to write for the Startup Digest. And um, after I attended my first Startup Weekend event, I just got really involved in the startup community, and, and I wasn't sure where to go. So um, I started in Dallas, and I just started saying yes to everything. Like, hey, you want to do this hackathon? Hey, you want to go to this event? Hey, you want to do this? And I was like, yes, yes, let's do all the things. And so I... Uh, <laughs> Kind of, kind of became uh, this this person in the community who um, 
I got connected to a lot of different people. And so um, the more I was evangelizing and doing these events, uh, the more I started talking to other people. Um, and so coffee shops became my life. Like I would go to a coffee shop and sit there and work for, uh, you know, who knows how long, because my day job is I'm actually a web developer. That's what I do. And so I, but I always wanted to help people get involved in the community. And so, um, I, I'm a whiteboard fanatic. I love whiteboards. I think they're great. There's something about like this physical, uh, drawing ability where you can draw, write something, erase it and keep working on it. And so, uh, I, I used to make vinyl stickers and I was like, man, what, what if I just put a whiteboard on my laptop? And I can just write, hey, this is what I do, you know. Uh, hey, I'm a web developer. Come talk to me. I work with startups. Um, and I had some old material and some old equipment left over uh, just sitting in my apartment. So I, uh, I, I cut one out and I put it on my laptop and I um, posted a picture of Facebook. And I was like, hey, I put a whiteboard on my laptop. And my, my feed just blew up. It, I mean, people were going crazy. They're like, oh, that's amazing. That's such a great idea. You need to, you know, you should sell those things. And um, one of our uh, startup evangelists in in the Dallas community, who's really big. And I look up to him a lot. He, he goes, you need to sell these today. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's do it. So, um, so yeah, I, I mean, in, and as, as a web developer, um, I'm very bootstrappy. Like I, I try and spend very little money on anything. So I spent $13 on a domain name. Um, a buddy of mine who works in marketing, he's actually my co-founder, uh, Eric. Um, he, he is really good with, uh, you know, writing content and, uh, doing social media. And I just, I, I hosted a free website, you know, on GitHub and, you know, I use uh, MailChimp and Amazon Associates and Google Analytics and just tied all these free things together that I could um, and use like a, a square widget and just launch the site in 10 hours. And uh, we had a couple sales that day and a couple sales, you know, the rest of the week. Um, and then eventually I, I was facilitating a startup weekend event whose speaker had dropped out and they said, hey, can you can you just talk about your thing? And I was like, uh, sure, I guess. Uh, so, so I pitched on stage for about 10 minutes, um, as a filler. And one of the kids in the audience thought it was really cool. And he, he put us on product hunt. He said, Hey, check out this whiteboard thing. And, uh, the next morning, um, I was getting tweets from another, uh, facilitator in the Netherlands who was, who was tweeting me saying, Hey, you guys are number one on product hunt right now. We were like, <laughs> what? <laughs> So, I mean, just, just from there, I mean, it just kind of snowballed into a bunch of other things, you know, and we got a lot of press about it, but, um, it was just, it was just really cool for us because we got to create this really like interesting product out of nothing. And, um, it just kind of evolved itself, you know, marketing and publishing and uh, sharing that way. So it was just, it was, it's cool to see that you could start something on nothing virtually, um, and get that much attention for it. So. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's not often that you get kind of product market fit out of the get go. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> you know, what do you think uh, kind of contributed to the the uh, success of the of the both the launch and 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 just the what resonated? Do you think with the, the product? I think I think it's because it kind of crosses this barrier between uh, technical and non technical because everyone is used to seeing apps being released. Like, there's an app for this and app for that. Come check out this thing. But when you see this tangible product. Um, that is something that you use every day, right? So, I mean, a lot of people uh, in the startup community use whiteboards every day to write out their own ideas. Um, and to have that portable with you, and, and it's, it's such a simple idea. Like, I think I heard the same comment a million times was, oh, it's so simple. Why did I think of it, you know? <laughs> and, I, and I think that's why people kind of, it's like, oh, it's a really simple idea. Um, and it's something that we, that we find value in. It, you know, 
I mean, how many times can you walk into a coffee shop, right on your board or on your laptop saying, I do X, come talk to me. Um, and people actually come up to you and talk to you about what you're working on. And you had, you did nothing. You didn't, you didn't walk around to different tables. You weren't handing out business cards. You just sat there and went along with your life and, you know, people came to you. Um, it's almost like it's own. And now that I think about it, it's like inbound marketing, but in the physical space. So, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, so talk a little bit about like, you kind of, you've been a web developer in that and you've been in and around the startup scene. Did you ever kind of expect to jump into a startup of your own or were you kind of biding your time or talk to me about the process and you know, how you got going? I, I really didn't because I am, um, and I, <laughs> Being being a startup evangelist, I um, I loved helping people, and and I still I do it too. Uh, you know, t- today I, I still do that, um, and I I really like to see other people take their own ideas and and you know jump off a cliff with them and see what happens. And uh, I never thought that I would be doing something on my own, but I had many people ask me, "Hey, wh- what are you working on? What are what are you doing?" And I mean, I had a couple side projects, but I didn't think they were money making. They were just fun ideas that I, I just kind of wanted to work on. But um, I really never thought that it was going to happen to me uh, doing something like this. Um, uh, yeah, so I mean, it's just it was a it's a deep experience. Um, and even the money we make uh, with draw attention, it's not something that we can live off of, but it is something that we can contribute back to the community. So you know, we can uh, uh, host events or we can sponsor. Um, you know, events or groups or parties or uh, things in our community that help uh, give back to the community. So um, we're really happy to do those things and and really m- like be an impact on on the things that help us succeed. That's pretty cool. So you, you've been involved in, like you said, the startup community for a while now. What are some of the things that you're seeing specifically? You know, you're in a, a market outside of the Silicon Valley buzz and everything else. What are some of the things that you're seeing that are, are both similar and different uh, in your space uh, that you want to call attention to? Um, I really think the so our community. We say the Dallas startup community, but we really mean DFW or North Texas startup community. Um, it's just that if you if you're from Dallas or you're from DFW and you go somewhere else, like you go to Washington or New York or San Francisco, um, you don't say I'm from Denton because no one knows what that means. You go I'm from Dallas because it's just right. easier to say. Um, but when we're here in Dallas, when you say you're part of the Dallas startup community, you mean it. And and our community is very um, inclusive and it's very connected. Uh, no one's competing. We're always trying to help each other because we have, I don't know how many major cities um, in the area, but everyone's always trying to work together to make the whole community succeed, which is, I think is really unique. I mean, we, you never hear anything about, um, oh, well, such and such did this or such and such did that. And people are bickering. It's really, hey, this event's going on over there. Do you know, do you know Sharag over at such and such? Oh, do you know Michael in downtown? Do you know, uh, you know, Brian in Fort Worth and, and uh, it's really great that, that all these communities get together um, and really want to share resources uh, across the, the region to make the whole region uh, succeed. So um, I think that's something that's really unique to our, to our community, and I'm really glad that we're part of that. That's cool. Well, so talk to me a little bit about – so you said you've been in, uh, been around uh, helping startups get going in that. What are some of the things that uh, you, you know our audience, of people who are in a different community, could – uh, you know, hints or tips for, for making that impact in their own community? I think the first step, um, everyone always asks me, they're like, Hey, I didn't, I didn't know this was happening. I mean, how, how, how do I get involved? And I, I just say, show up. <laughs> I mean, just, just show up, <laughs> you know, that's, that's the first step. Um, everyone, like we have a, we have a very large 
uh, shared calendar that we have in the region. Um, there are sub-calendars for each one, but we have a very large calendar. Um, all the events are put on, and uh, the biggest thing for me is that I put on things that I think um, people will be interested in and will help them spin off their own ideas, right? Because that's what it's about. It's about growing the community and filling these niches um, that haven't been met yet. And so we, more recently for us, for example, we've been doing these um, uh, coding workshops, you know, like teaching people how to code or how to program. And it's cool for us because we don't have code schools here, or at least in, in the northern part of North Texas, um, but they have a couple in downtown. And But it's really hard to get to those. I mean, it's a 45-minute drive. So, so we've been implementing our own um, as a way to help uh, get the, the community here. Um, into the, the technical space, right? So maybe you're looking for a technical job or, um, you know, something like that, or you want to just increase your, your own tool belt of skills. Uh, you know, it's just, you just show up. You just want to get involved. And when you do get involved, tell other people about that. Um, the biggest part uh, for us is that we want to get, the, um, get the, the word out, you know, about the community. And we want everyone to know how great this community is, how inclusive it is, um, how easygoing everyone is. Uh, so, so when you come to the event, tell everyone that you went to the event and then come to the next one. Um, and if you see something you like or maybe there's something that might be missing, let us know or go start another group and, and let's, uh, let's help, help each other, right? So, yeah, definitely just showing up and, and making sure that um, you get involved to begin with. I think that's such a key point. I mean, showing up and just building stuff, doing stuff, whether it's going to be a, you know, you never know when it's going to turn into something real or not, uh, or you're going to make that connection with somebody that... Uh, can take you to that next level. So I appreciate that, that feedback. Um, yeah. So what's next for Draw Attention and, and you, Kyle? Well, let's see. Uh, we started with the whiteboards. Uh, a couple months ago, we had released the blackboards, um, which was our, our number one request after that. Um, so, <laughs> so uh, and it's, yeah. So our next one we're actually going to be doing is uh, printed whiteboards. So um, something that's a little more specific, uh, we've been asked a number of times, hey, we want to do, uh, we want to put our logo on these whiteboards. And mm -hmm. a lot of people think that you can, so if you've ever seen like laptop skins, like those are printed uh, materials that you can put on your, on your laptop. But the problem is um, they're not for uh, dry erase markers. So like mm -hmm. the ink spreads or stains or whatever. And so um, we've been doing a, some trial runs with uh, some specific, specific materials that actually work for whiteboards or for dry erase properties. And uh, we're going to be releasing those in the next couple, uh, couple months. But, um, but yeah, I mean, for us, I uh, mean, personally, I, I am from Denton, which is North of Dallas and we're really building our, our startup community or our tech community here. Um, and yeah, we just have a lot of really great events planned and uh, we're all about educating the community. And so um, I have a, a lot of work cut out for me for that. So that's what I'll be doing for the next year. <laughs> Well, hey, I appreciate you, you coming on and sharing your story with the Inside Outside team here. And uh, let us know what we can do. I think the last question we always ask of our guests is, what can we do for you, you and your community? Oh, that's a good question. I think um, if you ever know anyone who's coming up to, to North Texas or Dallas, um, you know, give us a shout. We have open coffee clubs all the time. Uh, we'd love to invite you guys to a cup of coffee and, and share with the community what you guys thought of our community. So um, helping us spread the word of, of uh, Dallas you know, around the country, I think would be great. Well, that's it for this episode. Special thanks to Kyle Taylor for joining us this week. Reach out to him on Twitter and let him know how much you enjoyed the interview. If you have a question for us on Twitter, you can also reach out at the IO podcast. Also, if you have 30 seconds to spare, we would love for you to leave a review on our iTunes page. And while you're there, feel free to subscribe as well. Until next time, go build something big.